Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Perry. The Imaginal Space Podcast is dedicated to knowing, healing, and exploring the aura. This podcast is a part of a multidimensional project designed to facilitate a deeper connection to yourself, the personal aura, love, the shared aura, and our universal family, the collective aura. Hello, everyone. Happy full moon in Libra. Yes, it's Aries season and full moon. So yes, full moon in Libra. Happy full moon again. I am really excited to be recording this special full moon dream or a healing podcast episode. I've noticed that there I have the most powerful dreams during the full moon. I don't know if anybody else notices that or if they are even paying attention to the dreams that they have during the different phases of the moon, but that's something that has been really helpful and healing to me as of late. And I've noticed that the most emotional, most revealing, most potent, most medicinal ones do occur during the days of the full moon, depending on like how long the full moon um, lasts. So I'm excited to take a deep dive into this one. Also, I've noticed that I have a lot of recurring dreams. So you've probably heard me talk about this if you've listened to any of the other dream or healing podcast episodes. You've heard me talk about this dream before. Um, I call it the school dream. It's not very creative, Um, but it is a recurring dream that usually takes place in a middle school or my middle school, my past high school, or my past university. Um, And as I always say in general with recurring dreams, the way that I understand recurring dreams is that they all have some sort of constant. So For the school dream, the constant, as you may have guessed, is me being in a school setting. You know, I have recurring dreams with specific people. I have recurring dreams where the constant is an emotion, you know, and then maybe the scene changes, maybe the people change, but the emotion is constant. Or when the constant is a person, maybe the setting changes, maybe the emotion changes, but the person is a constant. So you get the idea. So all you need to know is that any recurring dream is one that has at least one constant. And the constant here, usually the emotions are pretty constant. The emotions sometimes change. And that can also be very revealing in terms of, you know, how the dream and how my waking life are interconnected, which is something that we are going to talk about. Um, You know, before we get started and before we, you know, take a deep dive into this dream, um, I always like to take a quick pause, a quick moment of silence And during this time, I invite in my spirit family, you know, my spirit guides, my spirit babies, everyone to kind of guide me through the exploration of this dream. And you can do whatever you want with this moment of silence. You know, I open with like a little prayer. You can just also make it a moment of silence, you know, just to kind of collect yourself, get heart centered, you know, whatever it is that you need. Um, You can invite in your ancestors, your guides, your angels, or again, you can just, you know, say thank you to yourself for choosing to spend this time with yourself and to dive deeper into your soul and into your own consciousness, because that is the point of every single aura healing episode. Even though, you know, some aura healing episodes are centered around the moon or they are centered around spirit babies or they are centered around dreams. What's so beautiful about them is the way that I interpret the aura, no matter what it is that I'm, what narrative, you know, that I'm taking a look at, or in other words, what the focus or the subject of the aura is, the archetypes hold enough space to provide, you know, whatever wisdom, whatever medicine, whatever answers you need with respect to your specific intention. So you can also do that during that moment of silence. You know, you can set your intention for whatever it is that you want to basically take away or learn from during this aura healing. And then usually by the end, you will have, you know, kind of like an answer, you know, to your intention, or you will receive the healing that you needed. And then also, you know, sometimes it's not right away that you realize this, you know, it can take time to integrate, you know, I let this dream kind of marinate and kind of sit, I sat with the dream for days, you know, this was, um, when did this dream occur? March 28th. And I'm recording this on March 30th, you know, this was a very powerful dream. So I just let it sit to see if there was anything else that wanted to come through. And now I'm recording the episode. So the way in which we receive wisdom, information, downloads is always very mysterious, but it usually comes 
at exactly the right time we need it. So trust in that. And I am going to take a couple of seconds of silence just to invite everybody in. If you need more time, feel free to hit the pause button and then we will get started. Okay, let's get started. So let me tell you a little bit about the dream in general so you kind of actually just know what was going on. Um, So the main portion of the dream took back, yeah, it took place back at my old university. Um, What happened? So (laughs) it's interesting because I knew I was at my university. I knew I was back in college But the room that I was in, I didn't recognize. It wasn't a familiar room. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes I know that I am back in school. Um, Usually, though, what's interesting is middle school and high school dreams, I always recognize the room. The room is somewhere that I've been a million times. Um, That rarely changes. But for some reason, maybe there's like some sort of message in this when I'm back in college, I don't always recognize the room, but I know that that's exactly where I am. So I don't really recognize the building. I'm like seeing it, I'm visualizing it now. And the, I guess what you would call the dean of the school calls back 100 students because they're calling into question their diploma. Um, So basically I've already graduated, you know, Um, So, yeah, that's actually important, too, because sometimes in the dream, I'm a student. um, And in this case, I'm an alumni or an alumnus. um, And for some reason, we're all back there, like 100 100 of us are back there because of some cheating scandal. And I was I remember being really confused. I was like, it, it was interesting because I was simultaneously confused. But I was like, I feel like I know what this is about, but I have no idea Why are they calling us back for cheating? Why are there 100 people that are being called back? Like, that's a lot. Um, And basically, the dean was like, we're going to review, you know, what happened here. And basically, if we caught you cheating, we have to take away your degree. Um, We have to take away your diploma, you know, whatever it is, something like that. And I was shaking. Okay, I was so scared, partially because, and again, it was weird, I really didn't know what the dean was talking about, what he was talking about with respect to, you know, all 100 of us cheating on something. Um, I, the class was familiar. It was my introduction to um, like an intro to programming class, my the very first um, computer science class that I had ever taken. So 100 people accused of cheating. We don't really know. I'm just like, I'm trying to think back, like in the dream, like what could I possibly have cheated on? You know, what could I have done? And... You know, I'm all, I'm thinking of, is it because I collaborated, you know, with somebody on the homework, you know, and like in this dream, that was four years ago because this was, or I guess six years ago. I don't even know. I can't remember how old I was in the dream, but it was at least four years ago because I graduated. Um, So I'm trying to think back on, you know, what could they possibly be talking about? How did I cheat? What did I do wrong? Um, How is it that they caught us now and they didn't catch us? I don't know, like four years ago or however long it was. And what was it? Yes. So we're all like kind of filling into this room. And this is where it does get a little strange. It's one of those things where things make sense in the dream, but they might not make any linear sense. Um, But we're all, yeah, we're all kind of filing into the room. And then the dean is opening this file that is supposed, all you need to know is supposedly depending on, you know, what's in the file, it will determine whether we cheated or not. Um, And then he opens the file and then he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. None of you cheated. This was all a huge misunderstanding. It's all impossible that you could have cheated. Um, You can leave now. Don't worry. Um, And then everything's fine. So that part, obviously, you know, in this waking life doesn't make too, too much sense. Um, But basically, all you need to know is that I went from literally this extreme state of fear and of panic to then feeling incredibly relieved, but like kind of like it wasn't over, which I thought was interesting. All right, so let's get to 
what's going on here. So what's interesting about all of this, and because there were so many downloads that came through the stream, I don't know how organized this is going to be. Um, I associate cheating because I, I was really digging into this. I was like, well, I don't remember because I was like, hmm, I don't remember a specific instance of cheating my freshman year um, in this specific class. Actually, yeah, no, um, nobody. It was like such an intro level class. I can't think of anybody that would have cheated during the class. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I was like, did I like accidentally do it? And then my subconscious is like trying to remind me. And then I was like, no, I remember my assignments from that class. Um, it was a hard class, but I didn't do anything like that. So then what's really going on here? Why, why university, you know, why a cheating scandal? Why 100 people, you know, what does all of that mean? And for me, I associate, you know, when people have always said, or like teachers would always say, if you're cheating, you're just cheating yourself. For some reason that never left me, I've always just remembered that. And so for some reason, my, and this is where, you know, analyzing your own dreams is really important because there are certain things that are going to mean something to you that wouldn't necessarily mean the same thing to somebody else because there's so many, and by the way, there's so many different ways you can interpret dreams. You know, you can take them quite literally. So if somebody does have a dream about cheating, you know, maybe it is their subconscious being like, okay, you did cheat, like, and then it's just like guilt. Um, and that's where that's where you have to really pay attention to the emotion because there was no guilt in this dream. It was just straight fear, a little bit of confusion, a little bit of panic, a little bit of like literally what is going on. And then relief, but it didn't feel like a relief resolution, um, like everything was over. Anyway, um, but this is where you have to really know what certain things mean to you. So cheating, when you cheat, you cheat yourself. That's something that I've always had in the back of my mind um, because essentially all it means, I mean, obviously you probably know what it means, but essentially if you're cheating, you don't really actually learn um, that's a part of it. But for me, what it reminded me of is cheating is ultimately a form of deceitfulness. And it is also ultimately a form of dishonesty. And one of the main cards in this aura is Aletheia. And Aletheia translates to truth. It's one of the huge initiation cards. So anytime that card comes up, I'm like, it has something to do with owning your truth. And that's why I found that, you know, this wasn't necessarily a dream about like cheating actually occurring. It had something more to do with my own internal truth than anything. And what also pointed to that is the cave. So the way that I interpret dreams is depending on where the archetypes are in the aura, an archetype represents like the the constant of the dream, especially in recurring dreams. Um, so let's say, or it'll represent like kind of like the main setting or the main character or the main symbol. So I've had, you know, an archetype represent a person. I've had an archetype represent an emotion. I've had an archetype represent a whole group of people, you know? So the way I analyze dreams is, okay, what's kind of like the main subject of the dream? And then, then there's you and how are they interacting with each other? So this whole, I would say, this is a little all-encompassing, but all-encompassing, yes. Um, but this dream in general, the setting, the cheating scandal, um, the fear, that is all connected to the cave. And the cave is the card, it's a yellow, of going within and deep, 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 honest reflection. You know, really, really digging beneath the surface to kind of get to the core of what's going on. So if anything, this dream is not here, like at least in my eyes to be like, you know, you might've cheated when you were in, you know, university, like maybe take a deeper look at that. No, um, it's more here to look at, especially, you know, because it is in, um, the same kind of the same area, really, really close to truth. The dream is an opportunity to dig deeper into your truth in a way that, you haven't before. So really pay attention to the feelings and the symbols and everything that is going on. And 
what I found was number one, there was this degree of vulnerability, you know, not knowing what was going to happen. You know, I'm being called in there. Um, something's going to happen. I don't really know, but I'm kind of at the mercy of, you know, my, the, someone that's not even like supposed to be an authority figure in my life anymore. And there may or may not be anything that I can do about it. So there do about it. So there's this element of like, vulnerability, mercy, surrender that I'm like picking up from the dream. But I also think it's worth mentioning who I am in the dream because those two go really well together. So in the dream, I represent the box and the box. I don't know if I've talked about this card too, too much. Um, But as you might have guessed, the the box is a very interesting card. It's um. It can be sometimes a very mysterious card, and depending on what aura it is appearing in, it has many different meanings. And so the cave and the box together has a lot to do with being seen, and here's why. So I think it's also worth mentioning that I've been playing a lot around a lot with dreams, dream interpretation being intentional with my dreams because the way that I would understand dreams before or the way in which I would interact with dreams is, you know, I fall asleep at whatever time and then I, I don't know, like I wake up and then I record as many dreams as possible. Um, I really pay attention to recurring dreams. I rarely ever forget about those, record every last detail, make some meaning out of it. And, you know, that's that. And so this full moon was the first time that I entered into a dream with some sort of intention. So, and I was just playing around with it. So I kept it very open-ended. So I asked the dream or before I went to sleep, I set the intention of, you know, whatever is going on in my dreams tonight, can you please give me just some insight surrounding my career? I'm very curious to see, you know, what it is that you can tell me about career, you know, the role of career in my life, where I'm going, where I'm headed, because that's where... I've been experiencing the most growth and confusion, stagnant, well, kind of like stagnation, confusion. And that's where I want to, you know, grow the most, you know, in 2021. So just playing around with that, I asked like a very, very open-ended question and this dream came through and I was like, okay, these are very connected. So a little bit of background in school, I did major in computer science. And at the time, and this is where everything kind of comes together, At the time, it seemed like the best option. You know, I come from, it's so interesting how like all of this like comes about. Um, I come from one of those families where you don't go to school for like art or writing or history um, or any of that unless you plan on becoming a lawyer. I remember having that very specific conversation with my dad. You know, he was like, decide early, like freshman year, if you want to be a lawyer, then major in whatever you want get stellar grades so that you can go to a great law school because it doesn't really matter, or at least from his perspective, from his experience, it doesn't matter what you really major in um, too, too much. If you want to become a lawyer and you want to go to law school, just major in whatever you like, get great grades, and then apply to law school. So that was the only exception. But my parents are, and like probably like many parents Um, really emphasize picking a major that is going to propel you forward um, career-wise. You know, not necessarily, let me tell you something, like literature, out of the question. You know, my mom was like, I wouldn't pay for you to go to school to like go to, like for theater, you know, stuff like that. Um, So in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not going to be a doctor um, because biology, even in high school, was just not my thing. By the way, do you know how many recurring dreams have taken place in a biology class setting? there's probably something there, like a science setting, because science was like, you know, not my strong suit, but in the past, historically, mathematics, um, that was my strong suit. You know, I was like, I'm very strong. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. This is making a lot more sense. So um, in when I was in middle school, high school, uh, even from elementary school, I was always really, really, you know, just great at math. You know, writing was one thing. It was like, eh, science, definitely not. History, I, uh, But math was always my thing. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to major in mathematics. Um, So I chose something that was, I was like, you know, this is actually related to math. And it is, you know, it seems more, computer science seems way more mathematical than, you know, um, 
like, I guess, like classic, like straight science to me. It seems way closer to math, you know, algorithms, et cetera. Um, it's very com- obviously, you know, involves a lot of computational thinking. So I was like, you know, computer science is going to be a great fit. Um, and here's the other thing. So the maiden is also in this aura. The maiden is, so there's the maiden mother crone trio. And I like to call it like the, whatever the holy or not holy, my bad. Um, the trifecta or the trinity of like evolution, because you evolve from the maiden into the mother, into the crone. And then what's also interesting is we all have the maiden mother crone potentiality within us. You know, we can express the maiden, the mother crone anytime at any time. And I think that's what's important to remember. And what's really powerful actually is that the mother and the maiden both showed up. They're in a pair together in this aura. But what the maiden does is it reminds you that we are all young, you know, at one point in our lives and we all have the potential to make mistakes and to evolve from them And so when I see the maiden and the mother together, I'm reminded that, yes, at one point, and then there's also the forest. So the maiden and the forest also have a very special connection together, too. The forest's main medicine is always you need to get lost in order to be found. You know, it it holds this very sacred duality where quite literally there is no concept of being found without the, you know, the direct... um, What is it? Sacred opposite of being lost in the first place. You know, so those two are very experimental. The forest is green. So there's a lot of healing um, in getting lost and then finding yourself, you know. And then the maiden is orange. Orange is a lot about creativity and co-creation and, you know, developing that co-creative relationship, you know, as you continue to learn about yourself. So when I saw the maiden in this aura, I was like, this all makes so much sense to me because remember the original intention was for me to learn about my career in general. And so there is a lot in this particular aura about reconnecting to your truth and also just the truth of that, you know, yes, to some degree, and this is also where it gets very interesting. You know, I believe that, you know, we are all souls, spirits, you know, born with kind of like a little sacred mission or maybe a sacred vision, like a sacred multidimensional vision. That might be a better way of explaining it. Um, But we all have that, you know, we all have that truth, that vision within us. And some people reconnect to it sooner um, than others. And then some people, you know, spend more time in the maiden phase, you know, kind of really just exploring and intuiting, you know, what does feel right and what makes me feel connected? You know, what does feel, you know, like I'm connected to my soul and my spirit? You know, that period of exploration, that co-creative phase, that is very much the maiden as you are really navigating, you know, that relationship with creation. And here's the thing, we all do it. For some people, it might be longer, it might be shorter um, than others, It might even be a day, you know, but we all have the maiden within us. So, you know, for me, at least, you know, I feel like this full moon is illuminating a lot of judgment I had just surrounding myself in terms of how long that took me. And here's the thing. I'm not that old. But hey, even if I were like 90, you know, everybody has the maiden within them and everybody's supposed to spend, you know, a period of time you know, within the maiden. And I'm, I'm not out of my maiden phase because like I said, not that old, you know, I'm not old at all. Like, and also I feel like if you're 50 years young, you're 50 years young, you know, there's so, there's still so much life. And I think that grand perspective too, of just realizing like, Hey, you might be in the maiden phase. Now you have so much of your life ahead of you, you know? And by the way, the maiden doesn't just go away, you know, Life is still very experimental. You know, you're probably still going to make a ton of mistakes, you know, as you move down the road. But I think this full moon, I know this full moon was illuminating this whole like beating yourself up for kind of not being so connected to your truth has got to come to an end. So let me rewind a little bit because I feel like I just went on a tangent, but that is actually where I wound up with the dream. So do you remember when I told you the original scenario, the original storyline of the dream was that it was about cheating. And like I said, cheating for me is more about 
deceitfulness and then ultimately just dishonesty. And so this dream is illuminating during this full moon. Ultimately, it wasn't about like a like a cheating scandal or anything like that. It was more about me being dishonest from myself with myself while I was in school. And again, that's where the maiden comes in because sometimes you just don't know. It's like one of those things I tell I talk to my friend Kiara about this all the time. You don't know until you know. You know, we we I say that probably like once a week with her because we all we love to talk about that. You know, them being in the maiden phase of life and growing and learning and evolving. And that like phrase, it always comes up. You don't like we we sometimes will say, Oh, I wish I knew, but it's like, hey, you don't know until you know. You don't know until you live through it, you learn, you feel it, you experience it, and then that's when you know. And that's something that has been incredibly powerful for me, you know, being in this state of, you know, experimental um, exploration in my life, because I feel like also too, I'm so hard on myself, you know, we're all, I mean, not all of us, but I'm the person that's probably the hardest on myself in general. Like, why haven't you figured it out yet? Why haven't you figured it out yet? Why haven't you figured it out yet? And here, you know, looking at, you know, the card for truth. Um, And then there's Gnosis too, which also has to do with mystic truths and inner knowings. And then the cave, you know, that's deep, you know, internal reflection and exploration. A lot of this has to do with really letting go of whatever quote unquote mistake, you know, I thought I made in the past of, you know, by the way, that's not to say that Hey, I learned so much from my computer science education. I learned so much from my engineering education. Um, But again, I'm the hardest on myself. And, you know, it's really helpful, you know, because I was having a really good conversation um, with one of my closer friends just even about this. And she reminded me, and this is where wisdom has no age, you know, because she's younger than me. And she reminded me that, hey, you know, there are some people that know And then there are some people that are, you know, always shifting, always evolving, always, you know, changing their position, you know, as they continue to live through this life. You might not know, but hey, not everybody does. And I think for me, sometimes what I have to remember is the people that surround me that really do know, uh, they are actually a lot older than me. Um, You know, I'm thinking of my mom, thinking of my aunt, my uncle, my dad, uh, my other uncles, you know, and they're like really close friends. Yeah, they're all like, at least like 55, you know, um, that's not old, but that's just, you know, they've got decades on me, you know, and sometimes I have to remind myself like, wait a minute, you know, I mean, some of them knew what it is that they want to do. Um, and then some of them don't, you know, one of them, um, that I'm going to be talking to later actually started out thinking that he wanted to be a priest and now he's in private equity, you know? So, um, I remember having that original conversation with him and I thought found it fascinating. I was like, how do you go from, you know, wanting to be a priest to wanting up at a private equity firm? You know, how does that happen? You know, how do those values translate? You know, um, he's so interesting, but that is like the crux, of the main medicine of this dream. Uh, well, that's actually two layers, um, two really, really interesting ones. So there's like the that main message of the dream, which is number one, there was a period of my life where I was, you know, dishonest with myself and that really didn't help me. And so when going back to the original intention of the dream, which was, you know, can you just give me any insight whatsoever around my career path and my professional life? Like, what do you got? Uh, the answer, very clear cut is number one, stop lying, Um, be as open and as honest and as vulnerable with yourself as possible. Um, That's one layer. And here's the second one, because I've always known, you know, for a while I knew in the back of my mind, you know what, I don't know too much. I mean, I know a lot about computer science, but I don't know how much of that, you know, is really for me. And again, there's so many really important things I learned, you know, that are, what's that called? Invaluable. Hopefully that is the right word. Um, very, very valuable, um, that I took away from my education, but that's just not quite exactly what I want to do moving forward. And surprise, surprise, 
you know, what I am really interested in does have a lot to do with marketing, communication, storytelling. And I don't even know what that looks like yet. Um, but being honest about that, because there is this element too. And I was listening to a beautiful podcast, um, not centered around this, but they briefly touched upon this about callings. And so for me, a big thing that I feel like that has hold, been holding me back and has been putting me in a box, because remember the box is a main archetype in here too, um, is the fact that we, well, wait a minute, my degree is in computer science, you know, engineering, how do I pivot? You know, so in this dream, going back to the original scenario, like, let's just say this dream turned out differently. You know, let's just say in the um, in the dream space, the dean was like, you all cheated. I caught you. Um, you didn't actually graduate. You actually don't have this um, degree that you think you do. Um, yeah, no more Bachelor of Science for you. What would I do? Right. So that was the fear. The fear in the dream was if this guy catches me for the cheating that I don't even know anything about and that I have no control over, um, what am I going to do next? You know? Um, and so the way that translates to now is, well, wait a minute, if I don't use my degree in computer science, what am I good for? And I, I know that sounds like really extreme, but like, what am I going to do next? Um, how do I pivot? You know, and so that was a lot of the cave in the box because number one, fear keeps you in a box, you know, and that kept me in a box for a very, very long time. We're probably still in the box a little bit, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, I'm still figuring it out. Um, but that kept me in this box of, well, wait a minute. I studied this for like four years of my life. I have a degree in this. Um, if you take that away, I'm basically nothing again. Not true, not trying to be dramatic, but that's kind of like the feel of the dream because it was like extreme fear. Fear, and then there was like a little bit of relief because you know what was interesting? Um, and then remember, it was like relief, but like almost not really, like it, it wasn't really over. Um, and so this is what I found, and this has more to do with the box than anything. So again, in the dream, being called out for cheating, don't really know what's going on. Um, very, very, very scared. And then uh, turns out none of us actually cheated. It was just a very big mistake. And I take a like a sigh of relief, but then I'm like, this isn't over. And here's why. So basically what that translates to is I was being called out for being dishonest in some way. And in the dream, I got away with it, you know? I mean, whether or not I actually, I don't even know if I actually cheated within like the context of the dreamscape, but this is like what I got. So um, whether or not that happened, there was this feeling like of it's not over. I got away with it this time, but I don't know how much longer, you know, this can possibly be a thing. And so the way I understood that is, you know, I felt like, there are so many times where I've, you know, called myself out for, you know, you're being dishonest, you're hiding in a box. And every single time, like, sure, I've called myself what out, whatever, um, but I'm the only one that sees it. You know what I mean? Hopefully this makes some, like, even a modicum of sense. Um, but at the time, you know, I'm like, I'm the only one that sees it so I can keep, it's kind of like, you know, I might understand that I'm being dishonest and I know it deep down. But if nobody else knows, then I don't really have to deal with it. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where if nobody else knows, is it really real? I don't really know. Um, but in the dream, what it what I'm really understanding from that moment is when I and that's where the dream cuts, you know, that's where it ends. When the dream does end, it's kind of like you're allowed to be in this box for a little bit longer but not that much. Like your time is running out. Um, and so what's going to happen is, you know, eventually you're really going to have to come to see yourself for who you really are. And you are going to have to step into that if you want to accomplish anything that you want to accomplish in this lifetime. Um, you can't keep hiding, you know, within this box of basically saying my education was in XYZ or I was meant to do XYZ or this is what I studied. No, 
Um, and this is uh, where um, I briefly mentioned that podcast episode about callings. I got my degree in computer science. I have, I just, I know um, my, I guess what you could call quote unquote soul calling has something to do with communication and storytelling. And that's where I got like the marketing thing from um, because that's the closest thing I can think of that it translates to in 3D in this third dimensional awake space, conscious space, right? Um, that's not something I have a degree in. I have no, and that's the other big thing about this is um, sure, you know, you can feel called and connected to something, but I have no physical proof. You know what I mean? I don't have a degree. I can't like, you can't roll into like an interview and say, well, I did study computer science for like X, Y, Z years. Um, but my real soul calling is in communication and storytelling. And please just trust me. You know, that's just like what I'm meant to do. I mean, or hey, maybe somebody has really stepped out of the box and has done that. Um, that just sounds a little ludicrous in my mind at this moment, but hey, you never know what might happen in the future. Um, so again, reiterating that panic of if they take away, you know, my education, this piece of paper, you know, I am left with my soul calling, which is beautiful, but then I have no way to prove it, you know, to anybody, you know, I can't like apply online, um, and just put that on my resume. Um, so there's all of that, which is like the first layer. And hopefully I covered everything. And then this just also really shifted how I interpret dreams in general. So I've talked about the cave, the box, Aletheia, the forest, the maiden, and a little bit of gnosis, but not really. So we're going to get to that now. The dream more than anything taught me about the pilgrim. So we have the pilgrim and the thread. Um, in the shared aura of the dream, which teaches you about your relationship with God consciousness. And so the pilgrim has a lot to do with how the external journey is connected to the internal one. So in this context, this dream revealed a lot to me about how your subconscious life, your dream life is really connected to your waking conscious life. And then that also talked uh, taught me a lot about the just like the three layers of reality that I'm still playing around with, which is the subconscious, aka like your dreams, the waking state, the conscious, which is, yeah, your waking life, you know, how you're listening to this podcast now. And then the superconscious, which is like God, source, creation, et cetera. But I'm still playing around with that. And then there's the thread. The thread is about how, you know, everything is ultimately connected and then kind of, it's like a homecoming. You know, if anything, that card is a homecoming. So, the thread is a very magic card. It's opal. Opal is all about, you know, really, really, really reconnecting to your multidimensional beauty, the multidimensional quantum beauty of the self. And, you know, those the thread is really a magical, mystical experience, a very mysterious experience. It's when, you know, you hear a song or you see some numbers or someone says something and it just brings you right back home to your soul, you know? It could be literally anything. It could be, like, it's like a feeling, a feeling of just like reconnectedness. You're reconnected to whatever you want to call it, vision, mission, purpose, anything, just connected back to your spirit. That's the thread. It reminds you that, and what's beautiful about that is anything can be a portal for that. You know, you could just be sitting in nature. Again, you could be listening to the radio. You could see a couple of numbers. You can hear someone say something. You could read a passage in a book and it just like brings you right back home. That's the thread. Um, and this, a lot of this aura does have to do with a homecoming. You know, again, breaking out of the box, the box of like, well, this is what I've known. I've known computer science for like the past several years of my life. And that's like kind of all I know how to do. Um, and for me, the box personally is, you know, really tied into vision, mission, purpose in general. Um, and constantly breaking out of the box, breaking out of the bounds of what it is that you are used to and the bounds of what you are comfortable in, in order to really connect to your spirit's calling. So um, that's the box. But then on another level, so we have Gnosis and the ring. And the ring also, along with the pilgrim and the thread, emphasizes the interconnectedness of this world. You know, nothing is in is in separate. Everything is so cyclical and there are infinite connections. You know, and at the end of the day, 
you know, dreams are a way to deepen the connection with yourself, others um, as, you know, emanations of consciousness, and then the collective. You know, that's what dreams are for. And Gnosis, Gnosis is also a very, very beautiful card um, because it does have to know with your innermost knowing and mystic truths. So Gnosis is like the initiation. Oh, there are two initiations in here. So we have Aletheia, which is truth, and then Gnosis, um, again, which is inner knowings, um, mystic truths. So what Gnosis points to is that there is a certain level of which you can study something but then you're meant to take like then you're meant to study that in like the deepest way that is available to you. And it could be anything. Um, but usually it does have to do with like mystic truths. So in the context of dreams, you know, you can read all about dreams. You can read a lot of Carl Jung. You can, you know, read. I don't know. There's like a website called like dreammoods.com. You can get readings about dreams. You can take courses on how to read dreams and you can do a lot of things. Right. Um, but when Gnosis appears, it's an initiation to study, you know, in this case, dreams for me in the deepest way that is available to me. And so it's one of those cards that really the message is you are learning directly from spirit now. You are not to learn from books. You are not. And by the way, books, podcasts, um, all that wonderful stuff, you know, those are beautiful, but those are other streams of consciousness, Gnosis is saying you're meant to learn from your own stream of consciousness and your own experiences. And this dream taught me a lot, you know, on so many different levels. And so Gnosis is gold and gold is all about abundance. So it's all about like the abundance of connectedness that you can experience from studying something in the deepest way available to you, which is, again, in my language, learning directly from source, learning directly from spirit and from nobody else, you know, because there's only so far that you can get by studying other streams of consciousness, but there's infinite amounts of knowledge available to you when you dig deeper in your own way. Um, and you establish that learning, like that student mentor, the mentor is also a beautiful card for this um, but you establish that, you know, learning connection, just channeling directly from spirit. There is something very, very special and very, very sacred about that. Um, but that's Gnosis and the Ring, learning about the interconnectedness of our dreams. That's also the pilgrim and the thread. Because like I said, I learned a lot from this dream. I learned a lot about, wow, okay. Because Also, it it's worth mentioning this is a special dream because it is a recurring dream. I have this dream a lot, you know, and there's um there's something to be said that I'm pretty sure this dream has been occurring for like four years or something like that. Um, four years probably by now. Um, all different versions. Again, the constant is that it takes place um, in a middle school, high school. I don't think I've actually had any dreams in an elementary school. Um, but yeah, middle school, high school, college. Um yeah, I've been having this dream for a while. So that's why this um, having this dream on the full moon was very special. Um, and I was like, I know this contains a very special message. But heading over to the mother, um, because the mother is the great space holder. And actually, I heard this beautiful. So I don't know if you've ever watched Euphoria on HBO, HBO Max. Um, brilliant show, beautiful show. Um, very, it's like very Piscean, um, in nature. Um, very dreamy, um, very ethereal, etheric. Um, I love that show. It's also very educational just in terms of, um, addiction, sexuality. Um, they do, they have a transgender lead playing a transgender character. Um, I really love that show a lot. And, I didn't realize they came out with two special episodes. Um, I'm like off social media. So sometimes I just like don't get those notifications. And anyway, I watched one of the later, uh, the most recent special episodes. And this character, uh, Jules, the transgender one, the episode centered around her in a therapy session. Um, and we learn about a lot, a lot about her character and her mom. And she talks about 
um, when she was born, how like moms just look at their children um, with the like through the eyes of unconditional love for just existing. So I'm going to repeat that. Um, well, she tells us to the therapist um, that, yeah, she imagined that, you know, when she, uh, she was originally born, that her mom just looked at her with raw, pure, unconditional love for just existing um, and just without expectation. And I was like, that is a beautiful way. Oh, uh, that is a beautiful way to describe the mother archetype, because like I said, the mother, the great mother sees everybody, everyone and everything through the eyes of unconditional love without expectation for just existing. And it's interesting because, you know, I'm not a mom, so I don't really know, you know, if that's like what it feels like or if that's true. But, you know, there have been so many people having so many children since like um, the pandemic. Um, and that's how they describe it. So I'm like, you know, that's that's interesting. Um, so I don't know how true that is, but that's what that's what the therapist asks. Well, is that how you imagine it? And um, Jules is like, yeah, that's how I would imagine, you know, that would go, you know, when you have like your first kid. Um, so that's why the mother, it just reminded me of the mother and why the mother is the ultimate space holder. Because again, the whenever the mother appears in any sort of aura, and also really depends on where the mother appears. So the mother is in this section of the aura that actually does have to do with space holding um, and is looking at kind of the inner child healing side because... Uh, in the inner child section of the aura, there is Aletheia and the forest. And remember, that has a lot. The forest is getting lost in order to get found. And so basically what that means is, you know, you kind of have to sometimes. No, you don't have to. Like I said, you definitely don't have to. Um, but you might wait around in the waters of dishonesty and, you know, just not being connected to your own truth before you find your truth again. So that's Aletheia and the forest. And then the mother um, in conjunction with the maiden, is saying, hold space for every single aspect of your evolution. Hold space for every single um, part of your evolution, part of this human experience. Because again, we all have the maiden, the mother, and the crone. We all have evolution and growth within us. So whenever I see the maiden, the mother, the crone, um, especially in a pair together, I'm like, growth. Hold space for all stages of evolution and growth, especially when it comes to you know, knowing your truth and then being in your truth. And also just like on a third dimensional level, my mom, so my, I was talking to my mom yesterday and she was just standing in my doorway and I just saw like blue around her. Blue is really connected to truth. Um, there's actually no blue in this aura, which is it. Oh, never mind. The ring, the ring disappears blue. So yeah, the ring is like connected to the truth of the interconnectedness and cyclical nature of this world. Um, but back to my mom, you know, I was looking at my mom and I saw this blue around here, her. All I, I just asked her like a, a question about like what she thought about dating apps. Um, but when she like really gets going, um, it could be about anything. There's like blue that surrounds her in some way. Sometimes it's over her throat. Sometimes it's just around her body. Um, it really depends. Um, but my mom it doesn't su surprise me that in those moments when she's really connected to her voice that I see blue because my mom has always been a huge proponent of stand in your truth, know your truth, be connected to your truth, stand in it, um, et cetera, et cetera. She's such a big, um, yeah, advocate for that. You know, that's like a big thing for her um, or a big value that she's always passed on to my sister and I is just, again, know your truth and stand in your truth. Um, yeah. But again... And she always reminds me, you know, this comes from a whatever, however old she is at that time, like a 58 year old woman, you know, um, but something tells me she's like one of those people that's really been connected to her truth for a while. But that's like, but she's a mom, you know, and I'm very much in a linear sense still in like maiden stage. You know what I mean? Um, but all of that is to say is whenever the mother appears, um, especially, you know, near the inner child and especially in one of the space holder positions, um, it's like the space holder energy is amplified, you know? 
um, this energy of living without expectation, not to say without goals, values, missions, um, visions, etc., but let kind of like kind of like that cheesy rhetoric of just let it go. Whatever you thought, because that's a big thing too. Um, especially with the box and the cave, the cave diving deep. The cave is yellow, by the way. Um, yellow has a lot to do with um, self-empowerment, power, confidence, etc. Because there is a lot of power um, just within knowing yourself, you know, in general. And then the box is silver. Silver brings this medicine of reminding you that you are always protected. You know, so you are protected by the mystery. You are protected by the unknown. So even if you're not about like God, source, consciousness, whatever um, creation, you can admit that there is a part of this life that is kind of like unknown. So that's why I always like to say that silver is finding comfort in and protection in the mystery and the unknown. And that's especially, you know, needed. That medicine is needed when you are breaking out of the box because as you continuously break out of boxes and then you're in another box and you break out of another box and then you're in another box, you know, you don't know what that box is, what it's really going to look like on the outside when you bust out of one of those boxes. And that's why you need to like, kind of get used to finding comfort in the mystery, in the unknown. And so that is a very silver. Um, but back to the mother. Yes, the mother is all about holding space for this entire experience, you know, holding space for the layer of, you know, you might have started out as one thing when you were in school, let it go. Number one, let that go because it's no, just no longer who you are. And number two, let go of whatever shame, judgment that you have by not being connected enough to your truth in the first place. Because again, we all go through the maiden stage, you know, some people figure it out faster than others and you are beginning to break out of the box. Now, that's what's important. Just reconnect to your truth, stand in your truth, know your truth, and then you'll be okay. And then the last two archetypes in this aura are the lover and the sustainer. So the lover is... I like to call it like the little clairaudient card because it's the card of listening to the spirits of those that you are in interpersonal relationships with. So listening. So for me, just like one on one relationships, because there are a couple of other uh, archetypes like um, the mirror and the kiss, like the kiss has to do more with our, yes, our interpersonal relationships, but our collective relationships, too. And then the mirror is also a little bit different. Um, but the lover in particular, also, yeah, just completely different flavors. Um, the lover says, pay attention to those that you admire and what messages are their spirits sending to you? So I can look at my mom and say, you know, what I really admire about my mom is she's very connected to her truth. You know, she just knows. She knows what's up, you know, and what's going on within her. Um, so pay attention to that, you know, aspect of her spirit. Or my uh, my dad. My dad is very creative, um, very dynamic person, very charismatic, you know, really passionate. Pay attention to that. Um, it doesn't just have to be your parents. Um, my partner, Michael, he's very, very open, very loving, very empathic. I'm always receiving messages from his spirit, too. So that's the lover. The lover is essentially, actually, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's like whatever you fall in love with within other people, there is an aspect of you that is waiting to wake up so that you can kind of change the game a little bit. And that's indigo. So indigo, is there any other indigo in here? Actually, yes. Aletheia truth is indigo and the pilgrim is also indigo. Indigo is the color of the visionary, the sacred visionary, the change maker, the humanitarian. That lies within all of us. We all have the ability to essentially use our visions to serve the collective. So what do we need to do that? Um, we need to be connected to your, our truth, Aletheia, Indigo. Um, and then the Pilgrim also provides this kind of sacred reflection to see, you know, how we are a drop in ocean collective consciousness. So whatever's going on internally connects us to the external world. And that also plays a part in, you know, how we use our visions to shape and heal the collective too. Um and then the lover, again, understanding how our internal reality is connected to our external reality and how different aspects of this external reality are awakening different parts of our heart 
so that we can contribute to the collective dream, the collective vision. So that is the lover, you know, really paying attention to essentially what it is that you admire in other people, because that is something that has yet to awaken within yourself. And then the sustainer, the sustainer is a part of the Violet family. Violet's interesting. Violet is, can be very ungrounded. It's all about like channeling, connecting to source, connecting to spirit. You know, what does your relationship with God look like? And it is a very beautiful, it's a very beautiful color. All of them are. And what's interesting about that is the sustainer grounds Violet a little bit. You know, um, Eros also grounds Violet, but that's not in here. Um, not this time. The sustainer is just like, keep going. You know, the sustainer is, um, so it's a part of the creation trio. There's the creator, there's the sustainer, and then there's the destroyer. So what it implies is, you know, you already know your creation. Now you now it's time to like sustain it. Now, especially, you know, it's diagonal from the mother. Now it's the time to really nurture it, to sustain it, you know, and keep chugging along, you know, keep plugging it, keep going, you know? doing those daily tasks that you can to bring you closer to your truth, closer to your dream, closer to your vision, closer to your goal. You know, whatever it is that that looks like for you, uh, keep it moving, you know? And also as a part of the Violet family, like I said, that's a lot about your connection with God in general, um, reconnecting to whatever it is that God is communicating to you especially with respect to truth and whatever it is that you are meant to be doing and making sure that you are in alignment with that channel vision every single day. That's a big part of the sustainer too, because again, the creator, we channel like our relationships with creation and then we have a creation. Now it's time to nurture it. Now it's time to sustain it. Um, and that is the sustainer within the trio of creation. So that is this dream. Um, for the Libra full moon. So there's a lot in here. You know, this dream, again, it is very personal to me, but everything is personal and simultaneously impersonal. And that's what I love about the realm and the study, the deep study of auras and archetypes. Because, I mean, whether or not, you know, you actually went to school for computer science and then you found out, oh, wait a minute, that's not my calling um, maybe I got to pivot and do something else. Um, pivoting, um, discerning between what is your calling and what is not, you know, are, and then for some people, they are lucky, you know, the, what their soul calling is and what they went to school for are fully aligned. And then for some people, it just isn't, you know, so that aspect of being, um, self-honesty, you know, finding your truth, standing in your truth, um, pivoting when you need to. Um, breaking out of the box, you know, taking the time to go deep within yourself, you know, understanding how we are all connected in some sort of sacred way, you know, studying your passions in the deepest way available to you, holding space for yourself at every single stage of this sacred evolution, um, paying attention to, you know, what it is that you can tap in to within yourself, you know, through your interpersonal relationships within the collective. And then again, sustaining your own visions, those are not specific to me. Everything I just listed is for everybody. The dream might be, you know, this personal dream might be for me. Um, and then, you know, all those specific details that follow. But all of the other messages, they aren't just for me, you know? And so again, the full moon. Oh, this is also important too. So the way that I understand the moon um, is aligned with how I know some others, you know, interpret the moon, which is that um, the waxing moon is the maiden, the full moon is the mother, and then I associate the waning and the full moon with the chrome. So this is a full moon time, which is it means to me this is a mother moon time. So there is this extra emphasis. So there is a lot, a, this huge, you know, layer of holding space. Because remember, the mother already showed up in this aura, in the space holding position with respect to the inner child. Um, the inner child aspect, which is truth and the forest. Remember, getting lost in order to get found. Um, not knowing your truth, so that way you can find your truth and then do something with it. Um, but when it's a full moon, there is this extra emphasis of what, like taking a step back, looking at the aura of the moon or the dream, you know, during that moon phase, and then holding space for 
everything that comes out up with unconditional love and without judgment, you know? Um, all right. So that, and then also the confidence and the power that comes from that, because, you know, to me, the mother shows up as yellow. Yellow is knowing yourself, seeing yourself, loving yourself, having confidence and power in yourself. That's all yellow. And so when we see ourselves, you know, from those divine, unconditionally loving eyes, you know, it gives us all of the power and the confidence in the world to achieve whatever vision and sustain whatever vision that we want to. Okay, so with that, I'm going to close, you know, this portal in the same way that, you know, we opened it up. So I'd like to say thank you to my spirit guides, my spirit family for guiding this exploration, and then we will close it up. So I'm going to start with that moment of silence right now. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for joining me, you know, during this full moon dream or a healing episode. I really enjoyed it. It was incredibly healing for me. I hope it was for you as well. Um, and that you will continue to feel the healing vibrations as you continue throughout your day, week, month, because these auras can be incredibly powerful and incredibly telling and illuminating. So I will talk to you soon. Happy full moon.